The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you all back, but I'm even more excited for our special guest today. He is the founder of of Martel Turnkey, Eric Martel. Eric, thanks for joining us. How are you, sir? Thank you for having me, Cody. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. We're super excited to have you on board today. Can't wait to hear your unsuccess story and some of the things you've gone through in your career. But before we jump into that, just in case people haven't heard you on your show and some of the other stuff you guys are doing, would love to have your origin story and let our audience know where you're from, how you got into real estate, and what you find yourself doing these days in real estate. Yeah, I'm originally from Canada, a very boring story from my parents were living paycheck to paycheck, you know, and, you know, just lower middle class. But I knew at a very young age that this is not what I wanted from me. I had a lot of, and I knew that my parents had a, a disconnect between kind of like what reality was, what I was seeing, witnessing entrepreneurs doing, and then what they were telling me that entrepreneurs and business people were crooks and taking advantage of the system and they were, you know, all of that. And it's just like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, this to me, this is, this guy is doing great. This guy that had like this chip truck, you know, like just selling fries and hot dogs and hamburgers out of a food truck, you know, and then growing that to a chain of restaurants, to candy shore, floor, flower shop, shops, stuff like that. It's like, like, that doesn't make sense. Like you're telling me this guy's a crook, right? And it's like, no. Anyway, so I come to university, I found, I found a mentor, someone that was a real estate investor, not, he was just a regular co community college teacher, nothing. He was not smarter than anybody else. He was like very regular job, not making that much money. You know, he, he built a 36 unit apartment building. He was building a shopping center, a nursing home, all of that. Very driven, very entrepreneurial, and especially very disciplined. And I asked him if he could mentor me and teach me how to invest in real estate. And then I said, hey, Greg, by the way, I don't have any money. So he said, don't worry about that. I said, find the opportunity. We'll deal with the money later. And, uh, and that's what I did. So he showed me how, what, how these opportunities worked and all of that. And how the real estate kind of like business work from a multifamily kind of point of view, I was introduced to a number of other investors and how they were doing their business, how they were doing value add on, on some older apartment buildings in, in downtown, like close to Montreal. And yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. And I bought my eight unit apartment building, no money down, you know, 75% came from a credit union mortgage. The rest came as a seller note from the, from the, the seller. And it was cash flowing, fully financed and stuff like that. But, you know, it was tough. It was like I had to find the right, you know, the right opportunity. I looked at hundreds of opportunities and I had to convince my broker to, to show me more properties, show me more numbers and stuff like that. And he got bored at one point, he, not bored, but annoyed and said, yeah, just let's look at it. Here's the, here the, uh, the binders. There was no, the MLS was not on the computer for normal folks then. So he just gave me printouts, binders of printouts and stuff like that. And I went at it and found a couple of opportunities that would work. And one of them was one of the vendor was willing to do a seller financing. 
The, yeah. There's a ton of stuff that I'm sure are several episodes worth of information you went over <laughs> there. I would I would love to pick your brain about those someday. You know, it's interesting that you were bitten by kind of the the idea of entrepreneurship at such a young age and, and you follow through with it later. I think the interesting for me when I hear people's origin stories, everyone comes from a different background. Everyone comes into real estate with a different mindset, skill set, and even different stage of their life. It's really interesting how you kind of came about and you found your way early on and knew that, Hey, this is something I want to do. And then here you are now, you know, doing what you do. So I know there's probably been some bumps, challenges along the way, and would love to explore some of those today and help educate myself and the audience on either something not to do or or, or how to get out of a particular situation if they find themselves in a similar one. Yeah. And I think, I mean, since we're going to talk about unsuccess story, as you know, I had a lot to pick from. This one was quite successful in a way because I was, you know, 18 years old, about an apartment building, no money down, it's cash flowing. I mean, that seems pretty successful. But the thing is that at 18 years old, I was not, I didn't have like a grand vision. To me, that was just a test, a test that I could buy a real estate. I could have a real estate that cash flowed, something that made money that was not nine to five, that was not. So that that was a great test, but I didn't have that, unfortunately, as part of my vision or what I wanted to do or, or achieve financial freedom. At 18 years old, you're not really thinking about it, but that's what I should have thought about. So that was kind of like, you know, it was a success in a way, but in other ways, I mean, there was a little a bit of failure. And then I came out of that saying that, well, I need more money, so I'm going to get a job instead of, hey, I have a great network of investors here. How can I add value to them? How can I find other opportunities for them? Can I do this, do that? So that was a little bit of a, a little bit of a missed opportunity on my part to not connect the dot at that point. But at least I got my feet wet. I got kind of like some ideas there. But my really my unsuccess story really came from much later on when I tried to invest in all kinds of other cities after that. After, after Montreal, I moved to Toronto. After Toronto, I moved to San Francisco. And then every, everywhere I tried to, to buy apartment buildings. And, but, you know, none of these places really cash flowed that well, unless you put a lot of money in it, then you had like not that good of a return. And then, but it really came down like to 2015, 2016, where I kind of like thought, okay, well, maybe we don't have to, in, I, I need to kind of go back into real estate. Maybe there's an opportunity or maybe different opportunity. So I tried like wholesaling. I tried because I did a lot of meetups and stuff. I said, oh, you should try wholesaling. You should do a probate. You should do this. You should do, in my background, I mean, what I had experienced before was commercial like in terms of multifamily. So maybe I could look at commercial as well and all that kind of stuff. So I look at some uh, opportunities in in San Francisco and stuff like that. And the numbers work, but it looks needs a lot of money and lots of permitting. Like it takes two years to kind of like be able to break ground on these things and you have to hold the property. So just a lot of shifting around. And I would say that this is probably... That's what I would call my unsuccess part of it is kind of shifting around, kind of like not really being able to really align my goal of achieving financial freedom, having to be able to get rid of the job that that was shackling me that I didn't want to have when I was nine years old 
And so I wanted to kind of like break away, from, break free from that. And so that's, that's my unsuccess piece of it. It's kind of like having to kind of try all kinds of different things, looking for the shiny object and all of that. And uh, this is one of the reasons why I, I, wrote, I wrote my book too, is kind of like to have this alignment. Mm-hmm. Before you start looking at these opportunities, have your goal, look at all the different strategies that are going to help you achieve your goals And then look at the resources that you have available. How much money do you have? How much time do you have to dedicate to this? What kind of special skills or capabilities can you bring to the table to to do this? And once I did, it's only once I did this, when I I looked at it from top down, my goal, all the different strategies, and well, this one doesn't work. This one doesn't work. I don't know anything about medical offices. I don't know anything about industrial. I don't know anything about mobile home park. You know, and then it was just like, okay, narrowed it down. And then it came down to single family rentals. That's what I started with. And it was easy, easy way to get in. And also, where do we find these properties that are cash flowing? And really looking at not just in your back, back backyard, I think background, not just in your backyard, but really expand your, your search, your horizon to other areas where your opportunities are more likely where you're more likely to find these opportunities. Well, let me ask you if you don't mind, because I think, and, and I've heard myself, so I, I, there's some validation there. We, we, we were part of a meetup here locally in Charleston, and I've talked to a lot of other people with the show and all that. And I've heard some similar stories without giving too much away in the book, because we definitely want people to buy the book or get the book and make sure you read it. But in your mind, for somebody that may be starting out, they have that same vision. They're tired of the W-2, they're tired of the rat race. They want to be an entrepreneur. They like real estate as, as an investment vehicle. There are a lot of like shiny object syndrome moments. Exactly. You know, yeah. you go to these meetups and it's like, well, this person wholesales and they're doing great. And this person's in multifamily and this person's in industrial and RV. There's an endless amount of, of opportunity for you to find. And yeah. even if you hone in on one, it is very hard to say narrow-minded on just that asset class because you see so many other people, social media, meetups, whatever it may be, doing well in other areas. And you're going, oh, I'm getting started, but maybe maybe I should be over there. So what what mm-hmm. is maybe some advice you can give folks to, to really put on those kind of horse blinders, if you will, and stay focused on, on uh, something that they believe in and can be a good vehicle for them without having to jump around too much and never really get into something they want to because they keep bouncing around. Yeah. And my, my recommendation is really to kind of like focus on your goals. So I'm I'm assuming that most people don't have, they didn't achieve financial freedom yet. They still are heavily dependent on, on their day job and stuff like that. So first thing is kind of like change your mindset and think of it as, Hey, you know what? I'm not a software engineer. I'm a real estate investor and my side gig is being a software engineer to pay the bills, but I'm a real estate investor, you know, it's kind of change your mindset like, like that. I always had, because I, 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 I hated working full time. I always had a very loose relationship with my, my job. I always thought of my job as a side gig, something I had to do to pay the bills. And I think it, it really, it was helpful to me, I think, because I always thought of myself as, Hey, I'm an investor. I'm an entrepreneur. And that's what I'm, I'm looking for. Well, so that's, that's, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's interesting you say that because I think there's, 
there was a movement for a long time about like find a job you're passionate about and do and do that. Like regardless mm-hmm. of how much it pays, like you'll eventually make money because you're passionate about it and you can do good. And I think there's some credibility to that. But at the end of the day, sometimes the job is just what gets puts food on the table, keeps the lights on so you can do something else until you get enough of whatever it is on the side, whether it's a hobby or, you know, an entrepreneurial thing that you, you can let that take over. But I, I think we get caught up so much these days and like, do something you're passionate about. Well, maybe not. Maybe you're just really good at something for work as a W2 job that literally keeps the lights on until you can get the other thing rolling like real estate. Yeah. I mean, passion is good. I think it's more about learning to be passionate about things that make money. Because so many people are, you know, you want to be a, you know, rock, rock band and stuff like that. And yeah, it's, you're passionate about that. You're passionate about playing guitar and uh, being lead guitarist in a band and stuff like that. But very few people are making it to, to that level. Yeah. You can be passionate, but this is, that doesn't mean that this is something that you should, you should pursue in terms of making money. Passion, I think it's, uh, you, you, and you can build passion on other things. You can be passionate about other things that you were not passionate about. Be passionate about making money and achieving financial freedom. You can be passionate about multiple things. It is quite possible. So that's, that's my, my, my recommendation here. Even if you love your job, I mean, being financially free doesn't mean, hey, you should, after that, I quit my job, even though I like it. No, it means that you have the flexibility to, to achieve other things. And eventually, we're all going to need to be financially free. We're all going to want to. Re- we're all going to have to retire one day, spend more time with friends and family. So you know, why not start working on that passive income, on that financial freedom side as early as you can? The earlier you start, the best is the easiest is going to be. So that's that's kind of what my the goal. I think that everyone everyone should have, even for and sometimes you don't know when you're going to need that money. You know, even like even the medical profession was hit pretty hard, you know, during the pandemic, if you were a surgeon, all of a sudden, you couldn't do surgery for, you know, six months to a year. It's like, you know, but the expenses are still there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, you know, dentists as well, I mean, they had a period where they struggled, they couldn't have, they couldn't see patients for like, you know, three, four, five, six months, and but they still have to pay for their office, pay mm-hmm. for their student loan, pay for all those things. So, so my, my point here is that it doesn't matter. You have to, you're going to have gaps in income. You're going to retire whenever the world decides they're going to retire because, you know, you don't, you don't decide when the, your company is going to say, hey, you know what, we found a, they can't say that, but we found a younger, more productive software engineer is going to work for a third of your salary. So yeah, I think it's time for you to retire. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, cross, and crossing your fingers at your 401k and IRAs are, are in a good place and the market's in a good place. You know, I think that was the aha moment for me. And I think a lot of us did, you know, read the, as I call the little purple Bible, you know, rich dad, poor dad. And it's oh, like, yeah. mm-hmm. you, you go through that, that shift and mindset, whether it's that or any other content or books that you, you absorbed. And it's like, you think about I've been putting all this money away and, and you're you're really just banking on that the actuaries that did the math are, are going to be accurate on when you're going to need to retire and basically when you're going to die and make sure that you have enough money in that delta to live. And it's like, if you ever ask a financial planner, well, what if I live five years longer? 
that's not a really great answer. Then they're like, well, save more. And it, mm-hmm. okay, why not? Yeah. You know, thinking back to what you said, being financially free, putting your money to work for you as opposed to just saving it away for a rainy day. You know, there's a balance there to be had, but having the ability to be financial free and then you get to choose do you mm-hmm. want to work? Do you not want to yeah, work? Okay. Do you exactly. enjoy what you like? Sure. If you love your job, keep doing it. No one's stopping you, but you have the flexibility that if you want to do something else, maybe you like your job, but you do have a passion to try. Maybe you do want to go back and be a rock star. Well, great. You're financial free enough. You can go buy the guitar and try and do it. More power to you. So Eric, I I love what you're talking about. I love the mindset shift. I I love the lessons that you kind of portrayed to us today. And that's probably a good enough spot as ever to wrap up. I I would highly encourage people go back and re-listen to this one. Eric's had a lot of great stuff to say. And uh, for those that want to keep learning from you, Eric, want to invest with you, want to continue the relationship with you, where's the best place people can find you online? So best place would be on my website, martelleric.com. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok under Eric Martel Official. And of course, you have my book, Stop Trading Your Time for Money, where I talk about you know the mindset change, but also the goal alignments and all the different strategies to help you achieve financial freedom. Perfect. Well, we're, folks, we're going to drop all those links in the show notes so you can quickly access them. Eric, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you, Cody. Absolutely. No, thank you. And hey, everyone, thanks for listening and watching at home. We'll see everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.